Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Gadget Flow. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am super excited to be speaking with Sid Carver, the marketing director at Lumen. So Sid is amazing. She has been the campaign manager on three million dollar campaigns on Kickstarter and Indiegogo. So really excited to learn about her progression on uh, crowdfunding and helping multiple different startups raise lots and lots of money. So Sid, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Hey, thanks for having me and stoked to be here. Absolutely. So uh, your journey into crowdfunding uh, is a unique one. So really would love to, uh, you know, tell the audience on what inspired you to, you know, begin working with startups and where it all began for you working with, you know, crowdfunding and your first campaign back in 2016. Absolutely. So I definitely have had a really unique opportunity of working with three amazing companies, all hardware, all in the digital health wellness realm. And in, in addition to that, working inside, um, you know, inside of the company as a team member, not, you know, from an agency or on the outside source. So I've been really lucky to be able to, you know, be part of these incredible teams and help guide each one. So, you know, and, and again, with the startup journey, I've loved being in startups with these amazing founders and in these amazing companies and helping them bring their product to the market and share it. So I started in 2016, like you said, at Lifebeam. Um, they had already had a few products out and then they came up with another product called V. And while I was there, you know, I, I, I really learned and that's where I, I jumped in head first and figured it all out. And after I left Lifebeam, I went to a company called Upright. Upright also had a product already in the market. They wanted to do a V2 version and again, you know, uh, really fortunate to work with just an incredible team and agencies, you know, helping to support to make that happen. And when I uh, left Upright, I was fortunate enough to come to uh, Lumen, where, like you said, we, you know, did another million dollar campaign over 1.7 million. And um, I was the project manager there as well. And I, I've been there ever since. Actually, I've been at Lumen over two years now. So in working with all of these different brands, is there a process that you like to go through in terms of, you know, either helping establish what that story is and how they're presenting that to the early adopter community on Kickstarter? And then, you know, how does that messaging then trickle down throughout after the campaign is over? So, you know, the brand messaging and identity is so critical. But if you talk about the process, you know, I, I heard you say process and that's something that jumps out at me because there's one kind of, I'm, I'm going to call it a training plan. So I, I do uh, triathlons and marathons and things like this. And you'll hear a lot of times 12 weeks to your race success, 12 weeks training plan. And so I really have noticed in the three campaigns and talking to other campaigners and also speaking with people at Indiegogo, 
you really need 12 weeks for a pre-campaign, assuming that you already have a really awesome product that's ready to start the process of getting to crowdfunding, 12 weeks to your crowdfunding campaign success. And this is, I have uh, the sort of protocol that I generally follow and it's proven well all three times. So that's, that's my process. Sounds like your new book title. <laughs> you laugh, but uh, it might be happening. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I look forward to it. Um, so, you know, in, in speaking of this foundation that these brands and companies, you know, high tech companies and health companies that you've worked with in the past, what have been some of those challenges that those startups have, you know, had to overcome, you know, throughout launching their brand initially and then bringing their product to market using crowdfunding as a means to validate that idea? Um, the biggest challenge that all of them face is typically perfection. I mean, one thing that you'll find with founders, and it's the thing that I love the most as well, is their attention to detail and perfection and making sure that the messaging is so spot on. But sometimes there comes a point, you know, five minutes before turning the campaign on, you're sitting there and you're still looking at, you know, this word and that sentence and is this perfect? And sometimes you have to say, all right, you know what? We have to go. We have to trust ourselves. We, you know, we did the work. We put in the effort. So that's, I think that's one of the biggest challenges with working with um, these incredible founders is that ability to say, you know what, let's put it out there and, and not see what happens, but you have to, sometimes you have to open the doors and start and know that you can make iterations and know that you can make changes later on. I, I definitely find that to be one of the biggest challenges. And then the other challenge as well with the crowdfunding campaigns is, thinking after one of the hardest things is we always, we always think about, all right, what's our goal for the campaign itself? I want to raise $40,000. I want to raise half a million dollars. I want to raise a million dollars, whatever the goal is. And then you get to the goal and now you have to deliver and you've got, you know, 5,000, 10,000, however many people that you now need to keep happy, excited and engaged until you deliver the product. And you need to make sure that your factory is working and that the team is working and all of these other things are in place. So I, I think that a lot of times people will overlook the post campaign as the biggest challenge. And so to, to plan the, in the pre-campaign for what will happen when you succeed, not if you succeed, but when you succeed. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, the twelve week preparation course. I mean, what are some of the the keystone things that startups and entrepreneurs need to make sure that they've got down in terms of you know their brand, their messaging, their marketing approach, who their backer may look like, and making sure that they're set up for success upon launch day. Absolutely. So again, you know, the twelve weeks pre campaign is taking a few factors into account, and that's first of all assuming that. You've already done your research um, on who your audience might be. You know, maybe you've done beta users, like you've done a few months with some beta users, and you've received some um, uh, some feedback about the product and their experience as well, which you could use as user testimonials. That's something that we did at Lumen, and it was just fantastic. Um, was using those beta uh, reviews as well. And assuming that your product is ready to go, that it's working, that it's, you know, a fully functional prototype that you can show off. So once you're there, you you really have to focus in on a couple of factors. One, building your email list. Day one, you've got to get the landing page up. You've got to start building your email list. You need to start um, um, thinking about the campaign messaging. In addition, I call it uh, preparation for launch. You know, that first 48 hours 
everything that you're going to do to make sure that you're going to get as many backers uh, in early and to reach, you know, if you can reach a goal early on, that's the best. And then also preparing yourself for what happens in that second week to make sure that you continue the momentum. So, you know, you're already reaching out to potential influencers, you're preparing the PR, you're preparing potentially YouTube reviewers, you're preparing all the other amazing sites that you can go on. So I I really call the pre-campaign actually preparing for the campaign. That's what you're organizing, that you've got as much in your arsenal as you possibly can uh, think about so that each day and each week, you're ready to just launch the next thing to keep the momentum going throughout the campaign. And And also making sure that you have your shipping rates Correct. That's I, I cannot say that enough. The shipping rates, you, you have to make sure that's that's spot on because you can lose Absolutely. a lot of money in post-campaign. Yeah, and where you're shipping to, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. Like everyone thinks, oh, we're going to ship everywhere. And then you start, you know, once the campaign ends and you start talking to, you know, your fulfillment center and logistics and also making sure that you tell your backers that, you know, if they're in Europe or a country that might require them to pay VAT and customs, that that's very clear and that that's known. So, cause you can end up with a lot of refunds as well. Yeah, absolutely. So jumping back into the, the pre-launch side of things and getting the landing page, getting that funnel built, mm-hmm. is there a magic number that you look at for statistical relevance per se, in terms of the amount of, you know, engaged people in the page or email addresses that you acquire that you've done in the past that you're like, yes, this is enough for us. Or are you looking at it more of a cost per acquisition? Like, how do you break that down in terms of the pre-campaign marketing success? We're looking more at cost per acquisition. You need to look at how much are you spending to to get the emails. You know, typically you should not be spending more than two dollars max. You know, your your CPA to get the email should be between one and two dollars, ideally, and then. You need to think, all right, how much does my product cost? You know, you're, you're looking at all those numbers, factoring that in and saying, all right, how, how much do I need? Like, how many emails do I need in order to reach X amount? And so you also need to look at the list and assume that it's going to be less than 5% that are convert. At Lumen, we were lucky to have 11% conversion on the emails, which was just phenomenal. We also gathered emails in a few different ways. You know, we actually used influencers to post about it uh, pre-campaign and then uh, gather emails through influencers, which worked well in addition to having our beta users also help us. So there was a lot of, you know, not just paid ads. There's a lot of ways that you can gather emails. And and again, I, I look at the list. So if you have 10,000 people and you expect, let's say 2% conversion, you know, how much money is that going to bring you? How much have you spent? So you need to kind of run all those numbers. That's how I look at it. But I, I would say 2% is a safe number, 2 to 3% for conversion for an email list. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of segmentation then of those lists, what were you doing to keep those, you know, early campaign uh, folks engaged with, you know, drip emails or private Facebook groups? What were you doing to bring those folks in and then keep them educated on what's going on in the product that was about to come forward? Um, we started, so we started the email list gathering about six weeks before for Lumen. And I'd say about six, seven weeks for Upright. And it was eight weeks for Lifebeam. And, you know, it's a short enough time that we didn't have to do so many emails they received. So they signed up, they received the immediate thank you email. 
And then one week before they received an email letting them know, get excited, all of this, 24 hours before and then the day of. And then once the campaign started, there was a weekly email that went out, of course. Nice. Mm-hmm. So you had mentioned that you had done some work with influencers. How how did you go about, you know, I guess, finding those influencers first? And then what was the engagement plan with them to make sure that, you know, they were driving traffic and awareness and then that those folks actually converted? Was it more of a, you know, pay per post piece or was there a performance element to that? Because we've heard a few different, you know, methodologies of pre-campaign engagement with influencers for upcoming Kickstarter campaigns. Absolutely. Yeah. So we did pay per post uh, and, and that worked out pretty well. And the influencers we worked with, they, some of them did have a device. Uh, most of them were, you know, they were all in the US. And so they were able to see the device and accurately speak about it as well, which was really important for us because the product, you know, Lumen, everything we do is backed by science and it's all validated. So it was important that they saw it. And we did paper post. We worked with them on the messaging and we helped them with the photograph or image that they used. And then they had the link in the bio. Um, and that was enough. That was enough to drive it, So, which was great. Did you use any other referral campaigns either before the campaign or at, during the active campaign with affiliates or anyone? Uh, we used Kickbooster during the campaign, but we didn't do anything before. Did that seem successful for you as well? Did that drive significant revenue during the campaign? Kickbooster was phenomenal with PR, but uh, it was not as successful with the backers as we anticipated. But we noticed that a lot of the PR that we did, a lot of the articles and uh, journalists were using it, which was very interesting. Yeah, we've noticed an uptick there and some of the more high profile journalists out there utilizing affiliate links and all of their content because it seems like they're hurting for capital as well these days. I know. So it, it's really, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting approach, I have to admit. So there's something to think about, that's for sure. But I also think with YouTube reviewers that they would be very open to that as well. Yeah. Um, did you guys do any cross promotions during the campaign? We chose not to. Lumen chose not to do any of the cross promotions. We just did not feel that it fit with our brand uh, and what we were trying to go for. But with up, uh, Upright and Lifebeam, we did. And, you know, it was uh, pretty good. We didn't. Yeah, we did. We didn't. <laughs> I was thinking about it for a moment. But uh, with Upright and Lifebeam, we did do the cross promotions. Nice. So in bundling all of these three campaigns together, were there any trends or outliers in terms of where the greatest marketing efforts went in and then had the largest ROI on them? In terms of all three, it's the paid media. Um, and, and something that you know I, I have to say for sure is, and, th- and this is coming from me as working inside of the company as representing the brand and then working with agencies. I think it's so important to pick your team as a company or as a founder or as a startup. You're going to need help and you're, you're going to need to decide which, you know, who are the key players and who are the most important people to bring on, whether it be in-house or um, an agency. At all three companies, uh, we were very fortunate to work with phenomenal agencies that were um, really experienced in the crowdfunding space. And I think whatever you do, it's so important to work with a uh, strong digital marketing agency with that experience. So I, I, that's my biggest tip from all three of them without, without, 
And then obviously to have a good movie, invest in the movie. You know, a lot of people want to cheap out on the movie, put the money in, you know, we're at um, Upright. They use that movie for over three years. They still use part of it. Women were still using this movie over two years later. The movie is such a phenomenal asset and it can be such a game changer. So it's, it's, and you use it in your ads, you use it on your website. It represents your brand. That that's definitely something I have to say. Yeah, no, absolutely. We've seen it all too often where the, the campaign video itself is so crowdfunding focused and specific where there's not necessarily B-roll to use for after the campaign is over when the rest of the world will potentially see this product. So yeah, certainly uh, I'm with you there on creating the best digital video assets, et cetera, for the campaign that can be used long term for the success of the company itself. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, you, you have to remember the campaign is going to be 30 to 60 days, 60. I don't know who does 60 day campaigns. I think I would have a heart attack, but you know, <laughs> 30 to 40 day campaigns, let's say. And, and there's everything starts after, you know, you put so much effort into the campaign itself. And then it's, you know, once that campaign ends, then the next round of hard work begins, if you will. So you have to think past when you succeed. Absolutely. Uh, did you have any surprises throughout the three Kickstarter campaigns that you've worked on? Um, wow, nothing that's jumping out at me. There's always, yeah, you know what? I, I did have some surprises and I'll, I'll say this. So at Upright, we did a uh, paid video on a Facebook channel, on two Facebook channels, on uh, Viral Thread and on Unilad. And at Upright, it just performed phenomenally, phenomenally. It was just outstanding. And so when I went to Lumen, I said, all right, we're going to do the same thing. It's going to be great. Easy, easy. I got the same price, talked to the same person and failed miserably, just absolutely failed. So, you know, one, what works for one campaign isn't going to necessarily work for the next. And what, you know, there's some things that are going to work across the board and some things that are just going to be trial and error. And, and just to accept the fail failures when they come, but don't dwell on them. Say, okay, learned. Now let's move on and not do that again. Kind of situation. Yeah, we're big fans and friends with the uh, the team over there at Jungle Creation. So they've got some You're amazing content. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what would be your top tip for raising a million dollars on crowdfunding? Ooh, twelve weeks. I, I would just say build a plan, stick to the plan, be strict with yourself, but also be agile, be willing to be flexible when you need to be. But um, it's it's really all about setting the budget, knowing what your max budget is, talking to the agencies and the outsource companies that you're working with, getting the best rates that you absolutely can. Um, I think doing your research into Kickstarter and Indiegogo and making sure that you pick the platform accordingly because, you know, each of them have their pros and cons and, you know, knowing what you want to achieve and can you achieve it? And if you can reach out to either of them and find a contact inside Kickstarter or Indiegogo will be a game changer to have somebody on the inside, like an account rep help you. But I, making a plan and, and really sticking to the plan, getting everyone on board and picking your team and your agencies accordingly to, to all meet your needs. So I, I definitely would say that. And thinking post-campaign, I, I can't speak enough about post-campaign. That's, that's definitely important. Yeah, that's where all the fun begins, right? <sighs> it's where all the fun begins. You have to think about it before because you charge your backers shipping uh, during the campaign and you don't get to update that later. Yep. 
So I'm excited. Where uh, where are you headed next, or where's Lumen headed next? Absolutely. So we are um, preparing for an, uh, for our product launch. You know, we finished shipping to all of our Indiegogo backers. We now have next round of shipment, and we're now doing the official product launch, bigger storytelling of our founders uh, and the science, which is really incredible. Uh, and, you know, getting out in the world, getting the product out there even more. So that that's, you know, where we're heading now. Awesome. Well, this has been amazing. This is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go, Sid? Oh, I'm good to go. So what inspired you to work with startups and entrepreneurs? Uh, I got started in 2011 when I graduated college and moved to a foreign country, didn't know who the language in that foreign country and started in the startup scene since they're the only one hiring Americans and fell in love with it ever since and am happy to be here. So if you could meet any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Oh, that is a great question. Who would I meet? I don't know. Oh, can I loop back around to it? Sure. Uh, what book would you recommend to a startup founder or entrepreneur? Oh my God, you're hitting me with such good questions. Oh, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on it. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm reading Spartan Race right now, and the founder of Spartan Race has a phenomenal story. I recommend reading his because he is a he is a entrepreneur. Well, that's the first time we've heard that book on the uh, on the show. So excited to dive into that one. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? I see myself moving up to VP marketing, either at Lumen or at another awesome startup. Nice. All right. Last question. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? Awesome question. I think that the future of crowdfunding might move into what they're saying is like more equity crowdfunding, where people actually maybe have a piece in the startup itself. Or that we will see it maybe more as a marketplace and that they will require product to already be producing in the factories. So less on prototypes and more on products that are ready to, to actually be delivered more immediately for trust factors. Awesome. Well, Sid, this has been amazing. This is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where they should go, and why they should check you out. Awesome. So really quick, my name's Sid Carver. I'm the marketing director at Lumen. Uh, I am, I've been at Lumen for over two years. Lumen is a device and app that measures your metabolism through the breath to tell you what fuel source your body is using in the moment, either carbs or fats. And then we provide you with personalized daily meal plans. On a personal note, I am potentially working on a new book for uh, helping uh, campaigners and uh, potential individuals who want to do a campaign uh, prepare for uh, the project and looking more on the project side and strategy. And that's it. <laughs> oh, and they awesome. can visit Lumen at Lumen.me. Lumen nice. So there is a book in the future. I knew it. Yeah. that's That came from an interview I did with Indiegogo last week. That came out of that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been great. Audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to everything we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Product Hype. Sid, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you. Have an awesome day. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart. 
the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it, and of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.